0: All right, let's open up our Bible to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. So this year we have, um, you know, the first of the year the Lord gave us the word for 2021 was that it was going to be a but God year. And we have, uh, you know, we have been looking at that the the last, the first few weeks of the year. Hard to believe we're already here February 7th, right? I mean, uh, you know, a week in February is already gone. And we've been looking at the different aspects of but God in different uh, instances that we find that in the Word. And, um, you know, and, and we've looked at the story of Joseph. We looked at um, the last couple of weeks. We, we've kind of spent looking at some different aspects of some things that God has done for us and, and that were kind of a but God uh, lifestyle for us. Like two weeks ago, we looked at really the believer's authority. We looked at Ephesians chapter 1, and we saw... Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, we saw the believer's authority of Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, and, and where it talked about, it had that phrase in there, but God, who is rich in mercy and love, wherewith He loved us. You know, he, he sat us, just like when He raised Jesus from the dead, and then down in chapter 2 it says He raised us and sat us in heavenly places. So, so that was a but God moment for us, that, that we were dead, but God raised us and sat us with Him in heavenly places. Last week... Um, Uh, I ministered on and we didn't get to do it in person, of course, so I did it online And if you weren't able to watch that man or if you hadn't watched it yet or listened to it I encourage you to go. Uh, It's on my facebook page uh, Or it's online. Uh, You can get a a cd back there, but but I talk about that. We have the mind of christ and you know and and how that um, you know, it's no longer a uh, you know, people use that scripture all the time about, you know, well, we never know what God's going to do. You know, eye hasn't seen or ear heard the things God has in store. You know, His ways are higher than our ways, and there's no way to know. But the, the biggest problem with that is they forgot to read the next verse. Because the very next verse says, but God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. So, um, you know, so we went into depth in that. And so if you, ha- if you haven't had a chance... I really encourage you, man. That, that message blessed me. I went back and listened to it about three times. It was so good, and uh, uh, and I don't say that just because I preached it. Just because, man, it was some good stuff, you know. And actually, I had some trouble. I had some trouble getting it edited and things because of the, uh, because of my Wi-Fi at the house. So I had to I had to go back and listen to it a couple times. But I enjoyed it every time I listened to it. So I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, you can go to the website and download it or listen to it or go to my Facebook page and you can see the video there, and uh, that'll be a blessing. But today. I'm going to talk to you about something I believe. um, Now, we're not going to necessarily see the words but God in these scriptures, but we're going to be able to tell. This is one of those things where, um, you know, we know that this is a but God thing for us. And I really and truly believe that in in today's society, where we are today and what's happening in our world today, this is probably one of the most important subjects, one of the most important messages that you could hear. And what we're going to be talking about today is this, learning to live in the peace of God. Learning to live in the peace of God. There is, there is craziness going on all around us. You know, all you have to do is turn on the TV, and man, you hear some crazy stuff. You know, all you have to do is, is listen, to your, listen to your neighbors, listen to your coworkers, And man, you, you will hear chaos all around. Amen? I mean, anybody heard that or seen that? You know, you just, it doesn't take, you don't have to be around many people before you start seeing chaos and, and all kinds of craziness going on around us. So, so for the peace of God to be able to, to live in the peace of God is definitely a but God thing in our lives. Because remember, we talked about from the very beginning how those little two words, but God, changes everything. What was, what's in front of that may be chaos. But what's on the other side of God is peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, uh, most of the time when you talk about this, you would go to Matthew chapter 6, where he talks about the birds of the air and the, you know, do not worry, do not fear, things like that. But, but, but I, I, want to look, I want to take this from a little bit different angle today. And I want us to, you know, because, listen, you can go into a bookstore, you, you can search online, and, and there's all kinds of stuff out there about how to have peace. The world will tell you, you know, have peace this way. Get money and get security and get this and get that and that'll bring you peace. And and you know, if you do if you if you have a certain kind of car, a certain kind of house, a certain kind of, you know, if your wife or husband looks a certain way or something, you know, it'll bring peace to you. How many of you know the things that the world offers will never satisfy your heart? Because there is a God-shaped void in your heart that only God can fill. And there's only one type of peace that will be everlasting peace, and that is the God kind of peace. So this morning I want to look at, you know, because I, I thought of, as I was praying about this, I thought about the statements that Jesus made when, when His disciples asked Him one day, His disciples asked Him one day, said, show us the Father. And what, how did Jesus respond to that? He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. You know, and he even asked the question, he said, have I been with you so long that you don't even know that? You know, he said, in other words, what he was saying is, is you know, and, and Hebrews tells us this, that Jesus is the perfect representation of our Father. If you want to see what the Father's like, look at Jesus. So if I want to find out what the peace of God is like, then I look, where, where, where can I look? I can look at the life of Jesus and see how He handled situations and what happened when, when things were going on in his world, and chaos was breaking out around him, how did he handle it, and what, you know, what, was the, what was the outcome of that, right? So let's look here in Mark chapter 4, and we'll start with verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and we're going to read, uh, we're going to read down through uh, some in chapter 5 as well. But let's, we'll just start here in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Yeah okay yeah I'll, I'll come back to that Mark four thirty five it says this on the same day and I'm reading from the New King James it says on the same day when the evening had come Jesus said to 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 them or to his disciples let us cross over to the other side now when they had when they had left the multitude they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him I love that I love that uh, that description in, in Mark, because, uh, because whether you realize it or not, you are influencing people. People are looking at you, and you might think, "Well, I'm I'm just a teenager. I'm just you know I am just a, a you know a, a entry class worker. You know I'm I'm not I don't hold a big position. Nobody knows my name. Nobody you know how can people be looking at me? But regardless of who you are, regardless of what position you hold, there are people looking at you. And how you handle things and how you go through things will influence how other people handle things. And we're going to see that here because here's the story. Jesus said, Jesus, you know, he had just got through ministering to the multitudes and he told, he told his disciples, he said, hey, let's go over to the other side of the, of the sea here. So they, so they put him in a boat and then other people joined with him because they wanted to be near Jesus. So there were other boats with Jesus. And we're going to find out here that whatever happened to Jesus also happens to those other boats that are following Him. They had their eyes on Jesus, and, and how Jesus handles this situation is going to influence what happens to them as well. How you go through a situation and how you go through a trial or a temptation or a, um, a situation in your life, it will influence those that are around you. And you might say, well, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want, I don't want to have that responsibility. Too bad, because we all have it, and there's nothing we can do about it. So you might as well be the best influence you can be, amen, because you are influencing somebody, amen. So he goes on to say this, and says, other little boats were also with him. And then it says, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So in other words, the boat was getting ready to sink. Now, if Jesus' boat was getting ready to sink, what was happening to the other little boats? They were going to be sinking too, weren't they? I mean, because because this wasn't just a storm that happened just to the boat of Jesus. This was something that happened to everybody on the sea at the moment. So as they were following Jesus, the storm came up and it was affecting Jesus' boat and it was affecting everybody else's boat too. And then verse 38 says this, But he... But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, isn't that a crazy... I mean, now, now, listen, we, we give the disciples a hard time, and we, we, you know, we, we laugh at this sometimes and, and some of their descriptions. But, you know, if people read our life story and some of the things we said, they'd be laughing at us too. But here, think about this: the disciples had Jesus, who they were—they watched him do miracles, they watched him raise the dead, they watched him do all these things, and they're still trying to figure out who he is and and what this is all about. And and here they come, they encounter this storm, and the one question they asked Jesus was, "Don't you care that we are dying?" <laughs> they didn't say, "Jesus, you better get up because you might drown." They said. Don't you care we are dying? I mean, we're dying here, Jesus. Get up and do something. I mean, none of you would ever ask that question, right? I mean, y'all would always think of the other person. But, but they, they were concerned about their own hides, right? They said, man, don't you care that we are perishing? Verse 39 says, Then he arose, Jesus arose, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, he says, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Isn't that an interesting response? The Amplified says this in verse 39. The Amplified says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still, be muzzled. And the wind ceased, it sank to rest as if exhausted by its own beating and there was immediately a great calm a perfect peacefulness the message translation says this i love this verse 39 the message well, verse 38 the message says and jesus was in the stern his head was on a pillow sleeping they roused him and said teacher is it nothing to you that we're going to die, or that we're going down we're going to die Verse 39 says, Awake now, Jesus told the wind to pop down and said to the sea, Quiet, settle down. Now listen, I love the the way the message describes this. The wind ran out of breath, the sea became smooth as glass. Man, isn't that incredible? Jesus reprimanded his disciples and says, Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? So now here's what I want you to see, the, the first instance here. So Jesus encounters a storm, and He, he is sleeping. I heard, I've heard Bill Johnson say this, and I love this statement, that Bill Johnson says this about this Scripture. He says, he says that the only storm that you have power over is the one you can sleep through. Because see, if, if worry and fear control you, you'll never be able to speak to that storm. Because what did Jesus say? When Jesus rebuked the wind and the storm, He He told the wind to hush and the sea to quiet down. And then He turned around and looked at His disciples and He He says, where's your faith at? In other words, they were full of what? Were they full of faith? They were full of fear. And fear stopped them from operating in faith. So if you have fear in your life, I heard it put this way one time too, that fear is like spiritual contraband. You know, in other words, contraband is illegal, right? If you get pulled over by a policeman and you have contraband in your in your possession or in your car, you're in trouble. Right? Well, guess what? How many of you would be in trouble today with about 15 or 20 pounds of contraband in your back seat because you're so full of fear and worry. Because I, I promise you this, the enemy will make sure that that fear and worry gets brought to the forefront. He will do everything within his power to make sure he'll push every button you have trying to make sure that fear rises up. But here's the good news. Jesus didn't look at them and say, man, it's a good thing I got, that I was with you guys. You know, if I wasn't with you, you'd be dead right now. He didn't say that, did He? He looked at them and said, where is your faith? In other words, in other words, what He was saying was this. Guys, you could have done the same thing I just did. Now, how did Jesus do that? Jesus, Jesus could do that because He was at peace. He was living from a place of peace. Yeah, but the storm was about to take the ship down. Yeah, but out of a place of peace, he spoke in faith and that storm had to quieten down. We have to, we have to understand this, that fear is not okay. I'll go a step further. Worry is not okay. I heard, I heard, I saw on Facebook just this week, somebody was, I think, uh, somebody was really sick and, and maybe it, this person was in a hospital or something and, and one of the comments, I saw one of the comments said, oh man, he is such a good person. He worries about everybody around him. And I thought to myself, that's not really a good statement. But you know, we've all heard people say that. Oh, he worries about everything. And what they, they they mean that in a positive sense they they want to say well you know he, he cares and he he has concern about everything, but you see we have to understand we were not designed to carry worry and fear. Now we could we could go to, to Matthew chapter six. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to go there this morning because I've got a couple other places I want to go. But you could go to Matthew chapter six and see, Jesus made this statement. He told him he says he says do not worry. Take no thought. In other words, He didn't say, try not and do this. He didn't say, you know, man, you'll have to try your hardest not to. And I know, I know some of you won't be able to. And some of you are going to worry. And man, some of you are just going to have a hard time worrying and, and in fear and everything. Man, I'm so sorry about that. That's not what... It, Jesus said this, do not worry. And if He told us not to worry, then you know what we can do? We can not worry. But what do we have to do? If, we're not, if we don't worry, then we have to what? We have to have our minds set on something else. Amen. And see, I know some of you don't already like that because I can, hear, I can hear your thoughts. Well, what am I going to think about if I don't worry? You know, if, I'm, if, if I can't worry, then, then how am I going to spend my day? Because for some people, that's all they do. They sit around and worry. And worry, listen, I'm telling you, and, and you guys know it's true. Worry will cause sickness in you. Worry will cause your body to do things you don't want it to do and not to do things you want it to. Fear and worry will paralyze you. And isn't that exactly what happened to his disciples? The wind was beating on them, the storm was crashing in on them. And they were paralyzed. They didn't know what to do. Why? Because they were full of fear. They went to Jesus. Don't you care? We're dying here. Jesus, he didn't get up and said, Oh, you poor guys, I am so sorry. You know, I, I'm so sorry you're feeling so fear, fearful and, and worrying so much. No, Jesus rebuked them. He said, Where's your faith at? Come on. Get a, get a backbone and stand up and speak to this thing. Don't you know who you are? You see, the last two weeks, the last two weeks we've talked about this. If you don't understand your authority as a believer, you'll have worry and fear. But if you understand who you are and you understand the power and the authority that God has given to you and that you can walk in and you can exercise, then you, you, can, you can run fear and worry out the door. I mean, I'm telling you. And see, and you can have the mind of Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, what does that mean? That means I think just like He thinks. And I promise you this, He's not up in heaven worrying this morning. He's not up in heaven twiddling His thumbs thinking, thinking oh, how, am I going to, how are we going to get through this? Let's go, on and, let's go on to chapter 5. Now, that's one instance. Now, let me, let me ask you this. When Jesus, when Jesus calmed the storm... Did it affect just Him, or did it affect everybody on the sea? Everybody that had their eyes on Jesus got affected by His courage. Billy Graham said this, Billy, I wrote this quote down, Billy Graham said this, When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. When you see somebody else standing up, that makes you want to stand up. Amen. Amen. And you see, when Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind, now, you know, you go on in other accounts of that, in other, um, well, and actually even in this account, in verse 41, he goes, he goes on to say this, it says, and they feared, talking about the disciples, they feared exceedingly and said one to another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I mean, wow, they, I mean, they were shocked that Jesus had the power to do this but yet jesus he he literally told them, "You could have done this, but they were amazed that Jesus had the power to do this i think I think some of you would be shocked if you knew the power and the authority that God's put on the inside of you when we get to heaven if, if God lets us look back over our lives and he gives each one of us a, and I don't think this I don't really believe this is going to happen but if he gave each one of us a DVD of our life and said, you know, go, go watch your life back and, and see, see how many times you missed it, I think every one of us would be shocked and say, we would say, I had no idea that I could have stopped that. I had no idea that I didn't have to put up with that. I didn't realize who I was. If I had only known what was it, who was on the inside, of, if I would only known the authority and the power God had given me, then I would have put a stop to that immediately, and I wouldn't have had to go through those years of, of torment. But guess what? We don't have to wait to heaven to see that. We can change today. Amen. By learning who we are and what we have. Amen. Chapter 5. Let's go on to chapter 5 here. It says then, and now, now remember, this is right after the sea incident, okay? So Jesus calmed the sea, and, you know, they're all saying, who is this guy? I mean, this is amazing. So it says, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the, uh, of the Gadareans. And it says, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So, man, they just got through coming through this storm that they all feared that was going to kill them. They get they they land on the shore. They get off the boat, and all of a sudden, here comes this madman. And they're probably thinking, "Great, you know what? You know, you know this is a, you know what bad luck we have." It says now listen to the description of this guy. It says verse three. It says who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken to pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. So this guy was a threat to the whole town. They had put handcuffs on him, put chains on him, shackles on him. And he just ripped them apart. And he says, verse 5 says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped Him. Now isn't that something? This guy had no clue who Jesus was. In other words, nobody came to him and said, Hey, Jesus is coming. But when this guy saw Jesus, he knew there was something different about Him. He could sense the anointing on Him, right? And he ran and he fell and he worshipped Him. And verse 7 says, He cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you by God that you, that you do not torment me. Now, who's talking here? This, it wasn't this man talking. It was this unclean spirit. This unclean spirit said, Don't torment me, Jesus. For, he said, for Jesus had said to him, Come out of that man, unclean spirit. So then he asked him, he said, What's your name? Jesus asked this spirit, What's your name? And he answered him, he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, a legion was over a thousand. So there was like a thousand unclean spirits in this guy. Now you can see why he he could rip chains apart and shackles. And nobody could, could tame him. Verse 10 says, And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged Him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now that's a whole other sermon because the reason that the town people, the Bible tells us later that the town people get upset and want Jesus to leave, The reason they get upset is because the swine was there to offer for their idols. They were raising the swine so that they could sacrifice them to the gods to keep their gods happy. And Jesus just cast these demons from this madman into these 2,000 swine, and they ran and jumped in the sea and drowned. So now this town has nothing to offer to keep their gods happy. Yeah. So those who fed the swine, verse 14, those who fed the swine fled and they told them in the city and in the country and they went out to see this thing that had happened. Now listen to this. This this is the verse I want you to see, verse 15. Then they came to Jesus. So the the town comes to Jesus. All the town people come come to see what had happened. It says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one that had been demon-possessed. Now listen listen to what happened to him. And they had the legion... He was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know what happens when you encounter peace? It'll cause you to be at rest. It'll it'll cause you to be clothed with with everything that God has for you. And it'll it'll cause you to to have the mind of Christ. So this madman that nobody could tame, that ran around... Day and night, screaming and yelling, cutting himself. Nobody could tame him with chains and bonds. When the town people got to Jesus, this guy was sitting down listening to Jesus. He was in—he he had clothes on for the first time in who, who knows how long, and he was in his right mind. And it says, "...those who saw it told how it had happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine." Then they begged, they began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. And then look at verse 18, the last thing that peace will do to you. It says, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. This guy, this guy he knew where his help came from. And he begged Jesus, he said, let me go with you. And Jesus said, no, you need to stay here. And, and this guy became a missionary to his town. Because it says he he went and started telling everybody about what had happened to him. So listen, when 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 you hang out with Jesus, when you do exactly what we did this morning, when you linger in the presence of, of Jesus, man, it'll make you rest. It'll 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 bring you it'll bring you where you need to be with God and, and it will and it will put you in your right mind, in your right in the right state of mind. That's a pretty incredible thing, isn't it? Now turn over to John fourteen. And let me show you this, John fourteen. Now we're we're going to start talking about the peace of God here. Because that and, and I, I just want you to see how Jesus brought peace to the storm. Jesus brought peace to this madman, and he can bring peace to you. As a matter of fact, we're going to read here in John 14 what Jesus said, and how what Jesus said that he has given us. In John chapter 14, verse 25. John 14, 26, I'm sorry, John 14, 26. Jesus said this. He said, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and He will bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. But look at verse 27. This is part of it. Jesus, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes... The Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. And we know on the day of Pentecost that happened. And we all have the, the Holy Spirit. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. He'll teach you all things, bring back to remembrance all things that Jesus has, has said. But then look at verse 27. He says this. Verse 27, He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Not." Uh, and then He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus said, listen, the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna, when I leave, the Holy Spirit is going to come. And when He comes, one of the things that's going to happen is that His, that the peace of God is going to be given to you. See, we don't have to go looking for the peace of God. We don't have to search for it. We don't have to wonder if we'll ever get it. Because you know what? You've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have the peace of God. And if you will allow Him, He will teach you how to live in that peace. And what will that peace do? Notice what He said. He said, he said My peace I give you not as the world, but as I, but he said, but it's My peace. So He said, Therefore, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Amplified says it this way. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you, not as the world gives. And then he said this. He said, "Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let it be afraid." And then look at the last part of this. It says, "It says, stop. I, I love this. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed." He didn't say, "I hope you. I hope you have a. You know, man. I really hope that that you know you can work hard at it." And, and, and read the latest book and, and go to the latest meeting so that, so that you're not agitated. That's not what Jesus said. He said, listen, He said, I've left you My peace and because you have My peace, you do not have to be agitated. You do not have to, you do not have to be agitated or disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated, cowardly, and then it goes on to say, uh, and unsettled. So see, you don't have to live out of peace. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You know, well, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. And let me show you. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us about the heart, is one scripture. There's a lot of them that, that do this, but Proverbs chapter 4, down in verse, uh, we'll just start looking in verse 23. <clears throat> Actually, look at verse 20. We'll just read that section. Verse 20 said this. He says, my, this is Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. So where is peace going to come from? Is it going to come from watching TV all day? From listening to what all the gossip is? No, it will come when we listen to God. When we listen to His words, give attention to His words. Incline your ear to His sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them. They are health to all their flesh. And then look at verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. Now, how do we keep our heart? Remember, I'm talking. I'm, we're talking about this morning how to live in peace. And if we're going to live in peace, the only way you're going to do that is to learn to keep your heart from being troubled. And how you keep your heart from being troubled is you have to keep your mind stayed on God. If you keep your listen, I mean, I, I, I told you this. This has happened to me. I mean, through all this mess, since the election and everything, I was, I was watching all these videos, I was watching all this stuff, and watching TV, and, and listening to this person, listening to that person. And man, my spirit, I mean, I could tell my spirit was becoming agitated. I was becoming disturbed. I mean, I was getting angry. Come on. Why was, why was that happening? Because I wasn't guarding my heart. I was putting things in my heart that didn't need to be there, and you know, I found out a real easy way to get, to to stop being agitated and disturbed. I stopped watching that stuff. I turned some stuff off. I stopped reading some stuff. Well, yeah, but don't you want to know? Well, if I need to know, the Holy Spirit will show me. I mean, the Holy the Holy Spirit will. If 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 I really need to be prepared, if I if something's going to happen, the Bible Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. And I don't know about you, but I think I would I, I think I really want to trust God more than the latest guy that's got the latest info from somebody that, you know, his closest sources tell him. Just me, I don't know. So guard guard your heart. And and so we do that. We do that by by being careful what we allow to come in our heart, right? Turn back over to Mark chapter five. Let me show you. I, I should have read this one was over there. Mark chapter five, and verse thirty four. Now, Mark chapter five, of course, after he has this, after he has this uh, encounter with this madman, and you know, and he sends he, he sends him on the way. This is where Jesus has this encounter with Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. And in the middle of this story about the woman with the issue of blood, in verse 34, and I I just want to pick this one verse out, but this, you know, you know the story, Jairus comes and says, will you come lay hands on my daughter? And and Jesus says, I'll come. And as they're on the way, this woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years reached out and touched his garment. Jesus turned around and said, you know, who touched me? And, And she said, I did, and... And he's having this this conversation with her. And he said this in verse 34. He says, And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you... The the New King James says well, but the the King James says, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Okay? Now that word whole is an interesting word because if you look at the root of that word, it's actually sozo. Jesus says, Your faith has made you sozo. Now, what does the word sozo mean? The word sozo means to save, to heal, to be made complete. It actually, it actually talks about, it actually talks about like if, if things were missing, they would be put back. Now think about that. Your faith, he, he looked at this woman and says, Your faith has made you whole. It's brought sozo to your life. Completeness, wholeness. Salvation in every area. But then he said something very interesting. The next part, he said this. He says, go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. Go in peace. The the Amplified actually says it this way. Go into peace. Go into peace. And be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So he told her, he said, said, your faith in me, your faith in what I can do, it will take you to a place of peace that will bring wholeness and health to your life. Why will it bring wholeness and health to your life? Because it will fix all the things that, that that was messed up. The things where you used to stay up all night worrying, now you can go to sleep. Come on. When you, used to, when you used to be so fearful that the worst would happen, now you can have trust in God that the best is going to happen. Now, you know, you used to, you used to just, just be so concerned about, about your kids and about, about everything. Now, listen, they're in God's hands. He's going to protect them. He's going to take care of them. Now, that don't mean we act recklessly or, or anything like that. But what I'm saying is this. Listen, we don't have to carry that weight. When we are in peace, when we learn to live in peace and walk in peace, we understand that God is taking care of things for us. Look at uh, Isaiah 26. Let me, I, I quoted this earlier, but let's just look at this. have got two more verses, and, I'll, and we're going to finish up this morning. Isaiah 26, verse 3. I just want you to see this, and if you, if you don't have it marked in your Bible, you need to mark it. And, and know this Scripture, because this, this is a powerful Scripture. Isaiah six three says this, "...you will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because He trusts in you." Now, what, what did Jesus tell the woman with the issue of blood? "...your faith has made you whole. Go in peace." Here, Isaiah said that God will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Him... Because He has faith in Him. It's the same thing Jesus told that woman. It just reverse here. Jesus, you could reverse that Scripture here in Isaiah 26 and say this, because, because He has faith in you, He keeps His mind stayed on you and He's in perfect peace. The woman that is the issue of blood, Jesus says, your faith, your trust in Me, your faith in Me has made you whole. Now go in peace. Stay in that peace of trust and faith and everything will be okay. That's pretty awesome. One of my favorite Colossians chapter three. I'm having you turn a lot this morning, but you need to know where, you need to know your Bible. Amen. It's good to know where to turn and, and know these scriptures. Colossians chapter three. Amen. I, I, this is this is an incredible scripture here. Colossians 3, verse 15. Colossians 3, 15. He says this, the, the, king, the New King James says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. The amp- I love the Amplified in verse 15 because it says this, let, let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire... Continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds, in that peaceful state, to which, uh, to which as members of the body, as one body, you are also called to live. But did you hear that? Let peace make the decisions with finality. If you have the peace of God and you let the peace of God rule as an umpire in your life, then what's going to happen? You're going to make the right choices. Amen? You're going to to do the right things. Why? Because the peace of God will never lead you in a direction you don't need to go. Let the peace of God rule as an umpire in your life. Settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. You know, so many times people are tormented by questions. They don't, they don't know the answers to them. They ask this question, ask that question. If you would just learn to let the peace of God settle those questions for you, man, your life would be a whole lot better. Your, your mental state would be a whole lot better. Amen. So let the peace of God Rule as an umpire. Now I want to close with this because, and I've told this story before, but but uh, last night I was just as I was going back over this, it just it just seemed good to to tell it again. You know, uh, we got back from camp and Stacy had had you know uh, gotten gotten sick with with uh, at the time we didn't necessarily know it was it was COVID, but it, but it you know after a few days we kind of figured that it was. And long story short, after about a week, we went to the hospital. And took her to the hospital, and, and we took her there, and and of course they took her. They after they did the checked her into the emergency room, they wheeled her back, and they told me they said, "Now you you can't go back there." They said, you "Go sit in your car and wait, and you know we'll call you and we'll uh you know let you know what's happening and all this." And so, uh, and and this was still back. You know, things were fairly new, and and they didn't really uh didn't have all the information necessarily they've got today on that, but. But so I'm sitting there in my car and and we went like at four o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and so there wasn't nobody else there and hardly and and, uh, and I'm sitting there and the longer I sat there waiting for them to call me, the more worry and fear tried to come into my mind. Thinking, well, I wonder what they're doing. They said they would call me. Why haven't they called? Is something wrong? You know, when are they gonna call? Thirty minutes went by, an hour went by, two hours went by. You know, and, and and so, so the longer I thought about, I just sat there, and the more I thought about it, the the more the more fear tried to grip me. You know, because just sometimes the unknown, is the is the most fearful thing there can be. Because you know, you just don't know. I mean, you don't know how to handle it. And, I mean, of course, I was praying. I was I was doing what I knew to do. I mean, and just you know, just speaking the word over Stacy and. And, but still, but man, listen, I'm telling you, that fear and that, that, those questions just bombard you. And, and I'm sure everybody here has had situations like that. Well, finally, you know, finally, uh, the doctor, or I finally call and, and get in touch with somebody and they tell me, well, they're admitting her and, you know, and, and their words to me, well, just go home and there's nothing you can do here. You can't come see her anyway. So just go home and, and, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch with you. Well, so, so, uh, so I started so I called some people, I called some of the leadership here, some of our family, and just to let them know what's happening and and the more I tried to talk about it, the more i I, it, it, I was I had to fight back tears I had to fight back fear. anybody ever been there I mean you know and and man, I was struggling with that to be honest with you, and so I had in my mind here's here's what I was going to do I said i'm going to come to the church and this is this is a safe place this is a place that I love to pray in and and I, I thought, I'm going to turn some music on. And man, I'm, going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to come in there and I'm just going to bawl my eyes out. You know, and, and just get this emotion out of me. And I'm just going to pour my heart out to God. I'm just going to pray all day for Stacy, And, and I'm just going to, man, I'm going to stand on the Word. And, I'm, and you, you know, she's going to come out of the hospital today. And you know what I mean, man? I, you know, I, I just had all this figured out. So, so I'm come, I come in the front door. And I turn the lights on. And I didn't even make it to the sound booth. And man, I mean, and like I said, I'm fighting all these emotions. I'm, You know, and to be honest with you, man, I mean, I just, I felt like I just wanted to bust out and just, and just blubber, you know. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, you know, that's what was going on on the inside of me. Because I just, I, that fear was attacking me. And and so I turn the lights on I start walking to the sound booth. And I mean, I had no sooner than taken maybe one or two steps. And all of a sudden, the peace of God hit me. I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm not talking about like a tap on the shoulder. I'm not, I mean, it literally, I mean, I probably, it didn't knock me down, but it almost knocked me down. I mean, because, and it was like, I heard the Lord say in that moment, I heard the Lord say, Stephen, I've got this. He said, go home and go to sleep. And I, and I thought, my first thought was, but God, I'm going to stay up here and pray all day. But I heard him again. He said it again. He said, Stephen, I've got this. Matthew 6, you know, there's around verse 30 through 35 or somewhere in there. You know, it asks this question. Who of you, by worrying, can add one inch to your height? Who of you, by worrying, can, can add one year to your life? I asked, I asked a person this week, I was talking to somebody and we were sharing some things and and they were worried about somebody, and you know, that, that was in a hospital. And, and, and I, I just, I, I mean, I finally had to, I, I knew I had to get their attention somehow because I wasn't getting through to them. And I finally just looked at him and I said, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, what's all this worrying got got you? Where's it got you so far? And he looked at me and he said, Sick? And I said, "Well, that's your that's your answer then." I said, "Just quit worrying." And you might say, "Well, Pastor, that's easy for you to do." Well, no, it wasn't. I told you. Listen, I, I mean, I, fear attacked me, just like it attacks you. Worry tried to come all over me, just like it does you. But you know what? When when I decided to let go of it, when I walked in this place and and I and I mean and the peace of God hit me, you know what? There, there was not another, another second that went by that I had fear and worry over what was going to happen to Stacy. And I, I can say that in all honesty. You know, there were times that they were talking about, you know, man, her oxygen level really needs to come up and, you know, we really need to see improvement on that or we might have to talk about some other things. And, you know, you know what that means when they, when they say things like that. But, you know, and, and, and the, that first instant, you start thinking, you start thinking, oh, no, But then you know what? That peace of God said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You gave that to Him when you walked in that door back there. So why are you worrying about it? So you know what I said? I just said, Lord, you still got this. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of this. It's in your hands. And you know what? That peace, literally, the Scripture that says, The peace of God which passes all understanding. I can't tell you why I was calm. Because my wife was in the hospital and I couldn't go see her. I couldn't even hardly talk to her for the first couple of days cuz she felt so bad. You know, I was having to communicate through a nurse and through through a doctor or whatever. But you know what? That peace just, just the peace of God just came all over me when I walked through that back door that day. And you know what? It sustained me through the time till till she got out and and you know, everything everything was fine and there was no no side effects, no long-term anything. You know what? The peace of God will get you through anything. The question is, will you let Him take it? Will you exchange your worry for His peace? Will you you allow Him to lift that burden and and say, say, I've got this. Because you know what? If He's got it, that means I can't have it too. If If I've got my phone nobody else can have it until i give it to them right i mean you can't be two places at one time and that's and it's the same way with god he listen he's not going to he's not going to take something and then and then let you have it at the same time it's either going to be in his hands or yours and the question is who do you think can handle it better Now that that doesn't mean you don't pray. That doesn't mean you don't, you know, you don't spend time with him. But what that means is this. You don't worry about it. Because he's got it. The scriptures listen, the scriptures we read, I mean, we read how, you know we four or five scriptures we read talking about the peace of God, how how God will take care of situations, he, he will take care of things if you will just allow him to do that. So you and I, we have to learn, we have to learn how to live in the peace of God. We have to learn how to allow him to take that worry and that fear. 1 Peter 5 7, I read that this morning. The Lord put that on my heart this morning in pre service prayer. Cast all your cares on him. Cast all your cares. Once and for all, the amplified says, Once and for all, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you passionately. Come on, and, and man, His love for you is, is I mean, as immense Is the word that Ginger got this morning. We, you and I, we can live in the peace of God every single day of our lives. And it is truly a but God moment. That, that day when I walked in here, I was feeling one way when I walked in the door, but God showed up and I felt another way when I walked out the door. Things changed. And it didn't take a long time. Listen, I didn't... You know what I did? I mean, this might sound horrible to you, and you might think that I'm just a terrible person. I mean, I literally walked in the door, and I had that conversation with God back at the back door back here. I I had been in, I probably was in here maybe no longer than three minutes, and I was. And, and the Lord convinced me that. I mean, I heard His voice so clear. He said, "I've got this." I turned around, turned the lights off, went home, and took a nap. I was at rest. I was at peace. Why? God had it. And you might say, well, how could you sleep with Stacey in the hospital? Because God had her. You see, it's a mindset. You have to believe. Because really, really and truly, if you're worrying about something, what you're saying is you doubt that God can do it. Now, that might be painful, but it's true. Because if, if I stood up, if I sat up all day worrying and fearful about what was going to happen to her, then that means I didn't believe the word God spoke to me at that back door that day. I thought I, I thought he needed my help, so I just stayed up worrying. Hey, we've all been there, right? I mean, probably we've done it more than we care to care to admit. But thank God we don't have to. Amen. We don't have to. Stay, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We can let God take care of things. We can let the peace of God rule in our hearts as an umpire. Amen. So, I, I pray, listen, I pray that, that if you're in a place today where you're worrying and you're in fear and you're, you, know, you don't know what to do, my prayer for you today is just simply this, that, that you just that you get along with God and you just tell Him, Lord, I'm going to let your peace handle this situation. I receive your peace. Yeah, but yeah, but what about what this person what about what that boy what, what about this no, no. If you receive his peace, he'll take care of it. If you give it to him, then that means he'll take care of all of it. Not just a little bit of it. But you have you have to be willing to give it to him. And when you do, I promise you, the outcome will be a whole lot better than if you tried to handle it yourself. Amen? Amen. Well, let me pray for you as we get ready to go today. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today, let me ask this question. If you're here today, and uh, just with every head bowed, and you say, Pastor, I, I need that peace working in my life today. I need to see God come through, and, and, and just I need that peace of God just doing big things in my life. Let me see your hand. Anybody? All right, I see a couple hands. Well, listen, here, here's, my, here's my, my prayer for you today. My prayer is just that every... Now listen, in reality, all of us need the peace of God. We all, I mean, we've all got situations and circumstances in our life that, that we need the peace of God ruling in our lives. But for those big things that, that you know, that, that man, just seems so overwhelming, we just have to, we have to guard our hearts. You can't... You have to guard... You have to protect your heart and what you allow into your heart. And that means into your eyes and into your ears. And it's a choice you make. You choose. Nobody can force you to listen to something or read something or watch something. That's something that you can choose to do. And and so he says, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flow the issues of life. So, Father, right now, I just Father, my prayer today is just simply that each one of us, Father, we would realize the power of guarding our hearts. We realize the power of 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 understanding and understanding the power of of uh, the words and the, the things that we allow into our hearts. And Father, that we would all turn our lives over to You. That we would all be willing to say, Lord, You take this. Because You can do a better job with it than I can. So Father, we, we just open up our hands, open up our hearts to You. And we say, Father, the worries and the fears that we're carrying, Father, we're, we're swapping them today for the peace of God. And we're not going to allow that fear, we're not going to allow the worry to control us, but we are turning that over to You and we're saying, Lord, the peace that passes all understanding is going to rule as an umpire in our lives. And we're going to allow You to, to flow in our lives and, and we're going to be led by the Spirit of God And the peace of God is going to rule in our lives. No more fear, no more worry for us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for anything, I want to invite you to come up. And Stacy and I would love to be able to pray with you. Let's stand to our feet just for a moment. And if you need prayer, I want to invite you to come up. We would love to to pray with you. Anybody y'all need, need prayer before we go this morning? All right, come on up, we'll pray for these that need prayer. Ani and uh, Ken, but we also need to continue praying for Terry and Billy Joe. Uh, Terry Tillman uh, has they diagnosed him with cancer, and he's going through some treatments and uh, so we, we've been praying for him and keeping in contact with them but they are going through a tough time as well so, so we're going to pray for them and we'll pray for, uh, uh, we'll pray for them as you stand in for them so Father, we thank you for, for uh, Terry and Billy Joe and Father, we stand with them in faith Father, we mix our faith with theirs and we, we call Terry healed and whole Father, we say that these uh, Father, these treatments that they're doing is, is helping him and Father, that cancer is shrinking and disappearing in His body. Father, thank You for provision for them. Thank You for strength for for both Terry and Billy Joe. And Father, we we plead the blood of Jesus over them, and we receive complete healing, Father, for Him right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we just call Him healed and whole. Father, we speak life into His body. And Father, that He'll live and declare... Uh, the works of the Lord, Father. Yeah. So we thank you yeah. for that. We claim that. We receive it right yeah. now, Father, in yeah. Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 We receive it. Thank you for reminding me about him. Yes. I can pray. Praying for uh, David Terry. So you guys just stretch your hands out and we'll pray for David as well. Father, I thank you for David. And as Renee stands in for him, Lord, we lift David up to you. We thank you for healing, Father, in his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you for some of the good, good reports we got from him this week. And, Father, we just continue just to speak life into him, so wholeness into his body. His body would function properly, Father. And, and, Father, these things that are attacking his body, Father, they would stop. And, Father, that, that, that he would just walk in health and healing, Father, in Jesus' name. And, Father, that he would make the right decisions and choices, that would help him do that, Father, and we thank you for that. Thank you for giving David wisdom and understanding, Father, to know what to do and how to do those things, Father. And and uh, so we we just we claim health and healing for David, and thank you, Father, for surrounding him with people that can help and and uh, and just uh, encourage him along his path, Father. So we thank you for that. We call him healed and whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well. I pray you go in peace today, amen. And if, uh, if I could get a couple guys to help me uh, real quick, we're going to, uh, or some people, yeah, I mean, we get five or six guys or, or people, men, women, children, babies, whoever wants to help, but we're going to set the tables up and the chairs, and if we get a bunch of people helping, it'll, be, it'll go a lot quicker than just one or two people doing it. So if we could get some people to help do that, I'll kind of direct you on what to do, what we're gonna, how we're going to set that up. Uh, so God bless you. Six o'clock tonight. Come back tonight. It's going to be a fun night. We're going to have fun watching the game and just fellowship time. So bring your favorite tailgate food and drinks. So, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you can stay and help me just a few minutes, just come up front and, uh, and I'll get you. I'll tell you what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. God bless you guys. We love you. You're dismissed.